Hare Krishna. This is a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, Third Canto, Chapter 26, Texts 23 through 34. False ego, intelligence, mind, and sound manifest from the Mahatattva. Texts 23 and 24. Lord Kapiladev continued. The material ego springs up from the Mahatattva, which evolved from the Lord's own energy. The material ego is endowed predominantly with active power of three kinds, good, passionate, and ignorant. It is from these three types of material ego that the mind, the senses of perception, the organs of action, and the gross elements evolve. Purport by Srila Prabhupada In the beginning, from clear consciousness, or the pure state of Krishna consciousness, the first contamination sprang up. This is called false ego, or identification with the body as self. The living entity exists in the natural state of Krishna consciousness, but he has marginal independence, and this allows him to forget Krishna. Originally, pure Krishna consciousness exists, but because of misuse of marginal independence, there is a chance of forgetting Krishna. This is exhibited in actual life. There are many instances in which someone acting in Krishna consciousness suddenly changes. In the Upanishads, it is therefore stated that the path of spiritual realization is just like the sharp edge of a razor. The example is very appropriate. One shaves his cheeks with a sharp razor very nicely, but as soon as his attention is diverted from the activity, he immediately cuts his cheek because he mishandles the razor. Not only must one come to the stage of pure Krishna consciousness, but one must also be very careful. Any inattentiveness or carelessness may cause fall-down. This fall-down is due to false ego. From the status of pure consciousness, the false ego is born because of misuse of independence. We cannot argue about why false ego arises from pure consciousness. Factually, there is always the chance that this will happen, and therefore, one has to be very careful. False ego is the basic principle for all material activities, which are executed in the modes of nature. As soon as one deviates from pure Krishna consciousness, he increases his entanglement in the material reaction. The entanglement of materialism is the material mind, and from this mind, the senses and material organs become manifest.
texts 25 and 26. The threefold ahankar, the source of the gross elements, the senses, and the mind, is identical with them, because it is their cause. It is known by the name of Sankarshan, who is directly Lord Ananta, with a thousand heads. This false ego is characterized as the doer, as an instrument, and as an effect. It is further characterized as serene, active, or dull, according to how it is influenced by the modes of goodness, passion, and ignorance. Report by Srila Prabhupada Ahankar, or false ego, is transformed into the demigods, the controlling directors of material affairs. As an instrument, the false ego is represented as different senses and sense organs, and as the result of the combination of the demigods and the senses, material objects are produced. In the material world, we are producing so many things, and this is called advancement of civilization. But factually, the advancement of civilization is a manifestation of the false ego. By false ego, all material things are produced as objects of enjoyment. One has to cease increasing artificial necessities in the form of these material objects. One great acharya, Narutam Dastakur, has lamented that when one deviates from pure consciousness of Vasudev, or Krishna consciousness, he becomes entangled in material activities. The exact words he uses are Sat Sangachadi Kainu Asate Vilas Te Karani Laghila Ye Karma Bandafans. I have given up the pure state of Krishna consciousness because I wanted to enjoy the temporary material manifestation. Therefore, I have been entangled in the network of actions and reactions. Text 27 From the false ego of goodness, another transformation takes place. From this evolves the mind, whose thoughts and reflections give rise to desire. Purport by Srila Prabhupada The symptoms of the mind are determination and rejection, which are due to different kinds of desires. We desire that which is favorable to our sense gratification, and we reject that which is not favorable to sense gratification. The material mind is not fixed, but the very same mind can be fixed when engaged in the activities of Krishna consciousness. Otherwise, as long as the mind is on the material platform, it is hovering, and all this rejection and acceptance is asat, or temporary, 
It is stated that he whose mind is not fixed in Krishna consciousness must hover between acceptance and rejection. However advanced a man is in academic qualifications, as long as he is not fixed in Krishna consciousness, he will simply accept and reject and will never be able to fix his mind on a particular subject matter. Text 28 The mind of the living entity is known by the name of Lord Aniruddha, the supreme ruler of the senses. He possesses a bluish-black form resembling a lotus flower growing in the autumn. He is found slowly by the yogis. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda the system of yoga entails controlling the mind, and the lord of the mind is Aniruddha. It is stated that Aniruddha is four-handed, with Sudarsan chakra, conch shell, club, and lotus flower. There are 24 forms of Vishnu, each differently named. Among these 24 forms, Sankarshan, Aniruddha, Pradyumna, and Vasudev are depicted very nicely in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, where it is stated that Aniruddha is worshipped by the yogis. Meditation upon voidness is a modern invention of the fertile brain of some speculator. Actually, the process of yoga meditation, as prescribed in this verse, should be fixed upon the form of Aniruddha. By meditating on Aniruddha, one can become freed from the agitation of acceptance and rejection. When one's mind is fixed upon Aniruddha, one gradually becomes God-realized. He approaches the pure status of Krishna consciousness, which is the ultimate goal of yoga. Text 29. By transformation of false ego in passion, intelligence takes birth, O virtuous lady. The functions of intelligence are to help in ascertaining the nature of objects when they come into view and to help the senses. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. Intelligence is the discriminating power to understand an object, and it helps the senses make choices. Therefore, intelligence is supposed to be the master of the senses. The perfection of intelligence is attained when one becomes fixed in the activities of Krishna consciousness. By the proper use of intelligence, one's consciousness is expanded and the ultimate expansion of consciousness is Krishna consciousness. 
Text 30. Doubt. Misapprehension. Correct apprehension. Memory and sleep, as determined by their different functions, are said to be the distinct characteristics of intelligence. Report by Srila Prabhupada Doubt is one of the important functions of intelligence. Blind acceptance of something does not give evidence of intelligence. Therefore, the word samshaya is very important. In order to cultivate intelligence, one should be doubtful in the beginning. But doubting is not very favorable when information is received from the proper source. In Bhagavad Gita, the Lord says that doubting the words of the authority is the cause of destruction. As described in the Patanjali Yoga system, Pramana viparyaya vikalpa nidra samritya. By intelligence only, one can understand things as they are. By intelligence only, one can understand whether or not he is the body. The study to determine whether one's identity is spiritual or material begins in doubt. When one is able to analyze his actual position, the false identification with the body is detected. This is viparyasa. When false identification is detected, then real identification can be understood. Real understanding is described here as nischaya, or proved experimental knowledge. This experimental knowledge can be achieved when one has understood the false knowledge. By experimental or proved knowledge, one can understand that he is not the body, but spirit-soul. Shmriti means memory, and svapa means sleep. Sleep is also necessary to keep the intelligence in working order. If there is no sleep, the brain cannot work nicely. In Bhagavad Gita, it is especially mentioned that persons who regulate eating, sleeping, and other necessities of the body in proper proportion become very successful in the yoga process. These are some of the aspects of the analytical study of intelligence, as described in both the Patanjali Yoga system and the Sankhya philosophy system of Kapiladev in Srimad Bhagavatam. Text 31 Egoism in the mode of passion produces two kinds of senses, the senses for acquiring knowledge and the senses of action. The senses of action depend on the vital energy, and the senses for acquiring knowledge depend on intelligence. Purport by Srila Prabhupada It has been explained in the previous verses 
that the mind is the product of ego and goodness, and that the function of the mind is acceptance and rejection, according to desire. But here, intelligence is said to be the product of ego and passion. That is the distinction between mind and intelligence. Mind is a product of egoism and goodness, and intelligence is a product of egoism and passion. The desire to accept something and reject something is a very important factor of the mind. Since the mind is a product of the mode of goodness, if it is fixed on the Lord of the mind, Aniruddha, then the mind can be changed to Krishna consciousness. It is stated by Narottam Das Thakur that we always have desires. Desire cannot be stopped. But if we transfer our desires to please the Supreme Personality of Godhead, that is the perfection of life. As soon as the desire is transformed to lording it over material nature, it becomes contaminated by matter. Desire has to be purified. In the beginning, this purification process has to be carried out by the order of the spiritual master. Since the spiritual master knows how the disciples' desires can be transformed into Krishna consciousness. As far as intelligence is concerned, it is clearly stated here that it is a product of egoism and passion. By practice, one comes to the point of the mode of goodness, and by surrendering or fixing the mind upon the personality of Godhead, one becomes a very great personality or a Mahatma. In Bhagavad Gita, it is clearly said, Sa Mahatma Sudurlabha. Such a great soul is very rare. In this verse, it is clear that both kinds of senses, the senses for acquiring knowledge and the senses for action, are products of egoism and the mode of passion. And because the sense organs for activity and for acquiring knowledge, require energy, the vital energy or life energy, is also produced by egoism in the mode of passion. We can therefore actually see that those who are very passionate can improve the material acquisition very quickly. It is recommended in the Vedic scriptures that if one wants to encourage a person in acquiring material possessions, one should also encourage him in sex life. We naturally find that those who are addicted to sex life are also materially advanced because sex life or passionate life is the impetus for the material advancement of civilization. For those who want to make spiritual advancement, there is almost no existence of the mode of passion. Only the mode of goodness is prominent. We find that those who engage in Krishna consciousness are materially poor, but one who has the eyes can see who is greater. Although he appears to be materially poor, a person in Krishna consciousness is not actually a poor man. But the person who has no taste for Krishna consciousness and appears to be very happy with material possessions is actually poor. Persons infatuated by material consciousness 
are very intelligent in discovering things for material comforts. But they have no access to understanding the spirit soul and spiritual life. Therefore, if anyone wants to advance in spiritual life, he has to come back to the platform of purified desire, the purified desire for devotional service. As stated in the Narada Pancharatra, engagement in the service of the Lord, when the senses are purified in Krishna consciousness, is called pure devotion. Text 32. When egoism and ignorance is agitated by the sex energy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the subtle element sound is manifested, and from sound come the ethereal sky and the sense of hearing. Report by Srila Prabhupada. It appears from this verse that all the objects of our sense gratification are the products of egoism in ignorance. It is understood from this verse that by agitation of the element of egoism in ignorance, the first thing produced was sound, which is the subtle form of ether. It is stated also in the Vedanta Sutra, that sound is the origin of all objects of material possession, and that by sound, one can also dissolve this material existence. Anavrti shabdat means liberation by sound. The entire material manifestation began from sound, and sound can also end material entanglement if it has a particular potency. The particular sound capable of doing this is the transcendental vibration, Hare Krishna. Our entanglement in material affairs has begun from material sound. Now we must purify that sound in spiritual understanding. There is sound in the spiritual world also. If we approach that sound, then our spiritual life begins and the other requirements for spiritual advancement can be supplied. We have to understand very clearly that sound is the beginning of the creation of all material objects for a sense gratification. Similarly, if sound is purified, our spiritual necessities are also produced from sound. Here it is said that from sound, the ether became manifested, and that the air became manifest from ether. How the ethereal sky comes from sound, how the air comes from sky, and how fire comes from air will be explained later on. Sound is the cause of the sky, and sky is the cause of shrotram, the ear. The ear is the first sense for receiving knowledge. One must give oral reception to any knowledge one wants to receive, either material or spiritual. 
Therefore, Shrotram is very important. The Vedic knowledge is called the Shruti. Knowledge has to be received by hearing. By hearing only, we can have access to either material or spiritual enjoyment. In the material world, we manufacture many things for our material comfort simply by hearing. They are already there, but just by hearing, one can transform them. If we want to build a very big high skyscraper, this does not mean that we have to create it. The materials for the skyscraper, wood, metal, earth, etc., are already there. But we make our intimate relationship with those already created material elements by hearing how to utilize them. Modern economic advancement for creation is also a product of hearing. And similarly, one can create a favorable field for spiritual activities by hearing from the right source. Arjuna was a gross materialist in the bodily conception of life and was suffering from the bodily concept very acutely. But simply by hearing, Arjuna became a spiritualized, Krishna-conscious person. Hearing is very important, and that hearing is produced from the sky. By hearing only, we can make proper use of that which already exists. The principle of hearing to properly utilize preconceived materials is applicable to spiritual paraphernalia as well. We must hear from the proper spiritual source. Text 33. Persons who are learned and who have true knowledge define sound as that which conveys the idea of an object, indicates the presence of a speaker screened from our view, and constitutes the subtle form of ether. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. It is very clear herein that as soon as we speak of hearing, there must be a speaker. Without a speaker, there is no question of hearing. Therefore, the Vedic knowledge, which is also known as Shruti, or that which is received by hearing, is also called Aparusha. Aparusha means not spoken by any person materially created. It is stated in the beginning of the Srimad Bhagavatam, Tene Brahma Hrida. The sound of Brahman, or Veda, was first impregnated into the heart of Brahma, the original learned man, Adi Kavaye. How did he become learned? Whenever there is learning, there must be a speaker and the process of hearing. But Brahma was the first created being. Who spoke to him? Since no one was there, who was the spiritual master to give knowledge? He was the only living creature. Therefore, the Vedic knowledge was imparted within his heart by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is seated within everyone as Paramatma. Vedic knowledge is understood to be spoken by the Supreme Lord, and therefore it is freed from the defects 
of material understanding. Material understanding is defective. If we hear something from a conditioned soul, it is full of defects. All material and mundane information is tainted by illusion, error, cheating, and imperfection of the senses. Because Vedic knowledge was imparted by the Supreme Lord, who is transcendental to the material creation, it is perfect. If we receive that Vedic knowledge from Brahma in the disciplic succession, then we receive perfect knowledge. Every word we hear has a meaning behind it. As soon as we hear the word water, there is a substance, water, behind the word. Similarly, as soon as we hear the word God, there is meaning to it. If we receive that meaning and explanation of God from God himself, then it is perfect. But if we speculate about the meaning of God, it is imperfect. Bhagavad Gita, which is the science of God, is spoken by the personality of Godhead himself. This is perfect knowledge. Mental speculators, or so-called philosophers, who are researching what is actually God, will never understand the nature of God. The science of God has to be understood in disciplic succession from Brahma, who was first instructed about knowledge of God by God himself. We can understand the knowledge of God by hearing the Bhagavad Gita from a person authorized in the disciplic succession. When we speak of seeing, there must be form. By our sense perception, the beginning experience is the sky. Sky is the beginning of form. And from the sky, other forms emanate. Therefore, the objects of knowledge and sense perception begin from the sky. Text 34. The activities and characteristics of the ethereal element can be observed as the accommodation of room for the external and internal existences of all living entities, namely the field of activities of the vital air, the senses, and the mind. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda. The mind, the senses, and the vital force, or the living entity, have forms, although they are not visible to the naked eye. Form rests in subtle existence in the sky, and internally it is perceived as the veins within the body and the circulation of the vital air. Externally, there are invisible forms of sense objects. The production of the invisible sense objects is the external activity of the ethereal element, 
and the circulation of vital air and blood is its internal activity. That subtle forms exist in the ether has been proven by modern science, by transmission of television, by which forms or photographs of one place are transmitted to another place by the action of the ethereal element. That is very nicely explained here. This verse is the potential basis of great scientific research work, for it explains how subtle forms are generated from the ethereal element, what their characteristics and actions are, and how the tangible elements, namely air, fire, water, and earth, are manifested from the subtle form. Mental activities, or psychological actions, of thinking, feeling, and willing, are also activities on the platform of ethereal existence. The statement in Bhagavad Gita that the mental situation at the time of death is the basis of the next birth is also corroborated in this verse. Mental existence transforms into tangible form as soon as there is an opportunity due to contamination or development of the gross elements from subtle form. 